0: Praise the Lord! Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This message is from the Glory Life City Church where a man of God, the Apostle Francis, reveals the deep heart of God for the new creation in Christ. Glory Life City Church is a mandate from God to dispense the glory of heaven in the new creation in Christ, cultivating the apostolic heart of God in the intimate bond of fellowship, love, and power. Join in as the Apostle Francis takes us into the Word of God.
1: Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We thank God for this morning the man of God will take over the Bible says in the book of Colossians where um, Paul wrote he "says say unto Archippus Colossians chapter 4 that he takes heed to the ministry which he has received in the law that he fulfills it hallelujah the, the, the glory of having received a ministry in the Lord is not just about talking about it uh, you know creating programs and activities out of what you have received the the whole idea of having received from God is to be able to fulfill to be able to do what to fulfill and in fulfilling the Bible says that and God gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some Pastors and teachers uh, to do what? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So fulfilling is a function of equipping. Amen. Amen. Fulfilling is a function of what? <laughs> equipping. So that is why, and there are very few people in the body who can equip. If if you have been in uh, this work. For quite some time, you will realize that there are lots of noise makers than newsmakers. Amen. Amen. There are people who can equip, and there are those who are just part of the number, just flowing with us. Hallelujah. So to 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 have an equipper uh, amongst us is not uh, something light to be to be taken. It's not something we have to ignore amen Amen. it is not something that we have to uh, make light of I believe that the man of God is is graced in the area of equipping ministers and raising men and women of God for the work of the ministry so since we have him we want to take that opportunity and to receive from him I believe that we are ready hallelujah amen So, without much ado, with a clap offering, let's welcome Apostle Israel as he comes to be a blessing to us. Welcome, sir. Thank you. you,
2: you. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your grace and thank you for your mercy. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given to us to be in your presence, as beloved in your kingdom. Our Lord, I pray even now again that as your word will come, that you will open the eyes and the understanding of your people to comprehend spiritual truth and principles of your kingdom. Our Lord, I pray for an impartation of grace, an impartation of revelation, that. Your people will be able to grasp the revelation of your word and to build accurately according to the scriptures, according to your divine purpose for our lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask for that anointing, that unction that makes ministry easy. Let it flow freely in this place as your word comes forth in the name of jesus amen and amen Uh, i'm a different kind of preacher in the sense and i always challenge leaders when i speak to leaders a lot of people when they want to preach if i'm talking to pastors you don't study the bible to get messages to preach do you hear what I said? You don't study the Bible to get messages to preach. You only study the Bible to build yourself in Christ. But when it comes to a message, you rest on the Lord for his spirit to tell you what he wants you to deliver. And based on the fact that you have built yourself in the spirit, you can easily connect to that message and have scriptures that are relevant to that word that God has given to you to deliver to the people. Are you with me? So I'm a man who loves to rest in the Lord and just ask, Lord, what do you have for your people? And allow the spirit of the Lord to just just speak and let me know the things that he wants us to understand. Come on, are you with me? So there's something the Lord has placed on my heart, and of course it's in line with the team for this meeting. So we're going to deal on that. But first of all, let me once again thank the precious brother and the set man of the house, my covenant brother. Amen. Pastor Francis, uh, I commend you. I thank you for all the sacrifice that you have made. I'm an easy person, but sometimes you guys make it very difficult for me. I want to go this extra mile to do all these things, and that makes me more like, oh, no, oh, no. (laughs) But I do appreciate it. But my, my, my heart has always been to pour back into those that the Lord has used to be a blessing. Amen. Amen. And once again I will say I love I really do love your spirit and the excellence of your word. But God will do some things in the days ahead. In a short time God will do some things. Amen. And of course every one of you that have come my precious brothers in the ministry I salute you for your sacrifice to come and every one of you that have come here today. I do commend you. It's not that we don't have any other important things to do, but yet you have given priority to this ministry or to this time of fellowship. And I pray that the Lord will richly bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Now, since this thing is not loading, uh let me begin by saying this. So, forgive me if I'm going back to my notes here on my phone. <laughs> Ministry is a privilege. I want you to understand, ministry is what? It's a privilege. The reason I said ministry is a privilege is because not everyone is called into ministry. In terms of bearing that capacity of leadership. Ministry is not something any man just will wake up and become of his own volition. The scripture says, except you are called. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you begin to understand it is a privilege because you have been chosen and called in the midst of the multitude. It's a privilege. Another reason why ministry is a privilege is because it comes with a great honor. Are you with me? That is why the Bible says, No man takes upon himself this vocation except he is called by God just as Aaron was called or as Moses was called. That is why it's a privilege. It's a privilege because, as I just said, it comes with a double honor. Because the scripture says, anyone who labels in the ministry of the word is worthy of a double honor. Are you with me? Now, as much as ministry is a privilege and it comes with a double honor, so also you must understand that ministry is a responsibility. Not just it is a privilege, but it is what? A responsibility. In other words, like the scripture says, to whom much is given, much is what? Required. In other words, God will hold you accountable. In a recent, let me put it this way, the standard of God's judgment for you as a leader or as a minister is different from that of just an ordinary member. That is why it's a great responsibility. And when you understand scriptures very well, when God spoke to Moses, to the leaders, God makes this very clear. told the people when I speak, He said, I will speak again twice. You will hear the sound of the voice, the trumpet. But the tongue said, but to you leaders, he said, only once I speak to you. In other words, you must be sharp, you must be alert, and you must always be sensitive to the spirit to hear once. And that is it. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But to the people, when I speak, he said, I will come again, I will speak the second time. But to you as leaders, you understand, you have a great responsibility. That is why most time the church is often late in coming into the current move of God. Because sometimes we are not able to catch quickly when God speaks. Are you with me? But we are in a time and in a season where our spiritual senses must be activated. To what heaven is declaring in this time. Because if you are not sensitive to the spirit, you will continue to dwell on yesterday's manner. And one thing you must understand is that yesterday's manner stinks and breathes warm. It does not bring life the next day. But we as leaders and as the people of God must constantly dwell on the preceding revelation that flows from the mind of Christ to us as the people of God. Come on, are you with me? You must be allowed to catch this today because I'm talking to leaders now not to believers. So don't expect me to be low in my presentation. I expect you to be able to catch some meaty stuff. Come on, are you are you, are you catching what I'm saying now? So, therefore, as ministers, it's a privilege. It comes with a double honor, but we must also understand it requires responsibility. In other words, you and I must be accountable for this ministry that God has given to us. Come on, are you with me? Mean? Yes. So, therefore, we cannot take it for granted what God is doing in this time and in this season in us and through us. Now, let's go through scriptures. There's some, some translation of the Bible, when you read that, it puts some light into some of the things that you are, you are talking about. Uh, I mean, I love, my, I, lo- I love my King James Version. Let me, let me quickly say you be from yeah. yeah, yeah, you can catch that sometimes yeah. when I say it. In, in of, uh, I, lo- I love my King James Version of the Bible. And that is what I use. But as a Bible student, I have all the translations of the Bible that I always go back to some of those translations the amplified translation of the bible i love that the message translation and there's another one called the passion translation of the bible now when you put all these different translations of the bible together they're all saying one thing but some of them helps to amplify and throw some light into what you're trying to understand come on are you with me yes, now let me say this before we go on hear me clearly there's some things I say, some of you be looking at me strange and say, what is this guy saying? But hear me, can I say this? How many of you have your Bible with you? Whether Bible or is in your phone or whatever, how many of you have your Bibles with you? You have it? Yes, yes. Leaders, hear me. Can I say this? Hear me, hear me with your saying. The Bible you have in your hand does not reveal the truth. I say, what did you just say the bible does no the bible does not reveal the truth one thing the bible does is the bible hides the truth that is why no matter how educated you are you may even have masters in English and have masters in theology but yet you still cannot understand the bible you know why because the Bible, the Lord calls it mysteries. What you have in your Bible is called what? Mysteries. The word mysteries in the Greek word is the word run It means spiritual truths that are hidden from the common eyes of men, but it is only revealed to those who are in covenant with God. Are you? What I mean? That is why when Jesus spoke to his disciples. The disciples came to him and said, Master, why is it that when you speak to the people, you always speak in parables? But when you speak to us, you don't speak in parables, you make it plain. Jesus responded to them. He said, hearing, they will hear, but they will never understand. He said, seeing, they will see, but they will never comprehend. He said, but unto you, Who are sons of the kingdom, he said, to you only it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Come on, are you understanding what I'm saying? So the Bible does not reveal the truth. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the secret things of God are hidden from the eyes of men, but it is only revealed to those who are kings and priest. are you with me and therefore kings demonstrate their kingly character by their ability to search the secret things of God the Bible says, you and I we are kings and priests so how you do, how do you demonstrate your kingly character as a minister it is your ability to search out the secret things of God that are written in the Bible And it is only revealed by the Spirit of God. Come on, are you with me? It is only revealed by what? The Spirit of God. God. It is only revealed by what? The Spirit of God. In case I missed that, but I want to cut it. That is why as leaders, as ministers, we must understand the importance of the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? You must understand what? And what? And the importance and the ministry of what? The importance of the person and the ministry of what? The Holy Spirit. Very, very important. One thing you must understand, or some things you must understand concerning the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit, you cannot know Christ. I want to say that again. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot what? Know Christ. Because Jesus clearly said to us, the Spirit will testify of me. The spirit that reveals Christ, not man. Education does not bring revelation. You can study from now till the end, but yet you still cannot understand get revelation. But revelation only comes by the spirit of God. Come on, are you with me? And let me help you out a little bit. Because some of us have become so spiritual. Especially those young ones growing up. You see, when you, when you can pray in tongues for one hour, two hours, you are vibrating like a transformer. <laughs> and, and when you come to church, you're very spiritual. And one day you lay hands on somebody and demons manifest. Ah, you think that you are very anointed. You must not start your church. Eh? It's a lot of people who have stepped out into ministry out of zeal but without knowledge. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, but let me help you out. The primary purpose why the Holy Spirit is given to us is not about speaking in tongues. Because some people think that, yeah, I can pray in tongues and feel with the Holy Spirit. Read your Bible. It will interest you to note this, that Jesus was the one who spoke of the Spirit. Not the apostles, but Jesus was. Not as chapter number 2, but Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit. Go read from John, John chapter number 14, 15, 16, and to 17 down and understand. It says, it is expedient, it, says, it is expedient, Jesus said, that I go away. He said, if I do not go, the comfort I waited to the Holy Spirit will not come. He said, but when I am gone, I will say, I, I am the one who will send him to you. Nobody says, I send him to you. And Jesus began to analyze to us what the Holy Spirit will do when he comes. And Jesus said, There are many things. He's speaking to that There are many things I want to say to you, Jesus. Said. He said, But I cannot say them. He said, Because you are not mature enough to understand them so in other words there are things jesus wanted to say that are necessary for the church that he didn't say because they could not understand but he said when i am gone i will send the holy spirit and he said the spirit the job of the holy spirit is to bring all things these things to your understanding to your remembrance but i love what jesus said he said when the spirit come hear what He says he said, whatsoever he, the Holy Spirit, hears, shall he say to you. Mm, I come, on, I come Think about it. Whatsoever he hears, shall he say to you. Which means the Holy Spirit is listening to somebody. Right. Because whatsoever he hears, that shall he say. So who is the Holy Spirit listening to? I believe there is a conversation taking place in the heavens between the Father and the Son. Are you, are you here? There's a, right now, there is a conversation taking place. Current revelation, truth. The Holy Spirit hears what the Father is saying to the Son, but the Holy Spirit has one problem. You know that problem of the Holy Spirit? When the, the problem of the Holy Spirit is that when he hears, he doesn't keep quiet. He comes to the earth and tells you, hey, do you hear what the Father is saying to the Son? He reveals it. That is what is called revelation. Revelation is not what God said yesterday. Revelation is what God is saying now. So as we sit down here, there are conversations in the heavens. The Holy Spirit hears, and the Holy Spirit comes and tells you, this is what the Father is saying. That is what is called revelation, the revealing of the current mind of God that is revealed to us as leaders. Yeah. Come on, are you with me? Mean? Yes, sir. So we're here. But some people think that the Holy Spirit is about speaking in tongues. Now I'm not saying it's not part of it, but that is not the primary purpose. But some of us get would with the Holy Spirit, speaking don't speak tongue, but we don't hear. But yet, the writer of the book of Hebrews made this very clear. That once again, God said, I will shake the heavens and the earth. And it speaks of the current voice of God that you will hear. But he said, beware so that you don't be like the children of Israel. That when the word came, when the glory of God came upon that mountain, he said it was a glorious experience. It was a dreadful and fearful one that no man comes near even to that mountain because of that glorious outpouring of God. That was where Pentecost started, not as two in the Old Testament. He said, but the people refused to hear the voice that spoke. He said, but they spoke back and said, we will not hear what you are saying. He said, speak to Moses. Uh, Moses said to Moses, speak to Aaron and let Aaron speak to us. Then we will see whether we will follow or not. And the Bible says, and they disobeyed the voice that spoke. Translation. It makes us to wonder, the purpose of Pentecost is not about you speaking to God. It's about God speaking to you. Primary purpose why you are filled with the Holy Spirit is so that you can hear the voice of God. And how do you know that you are of God? He said, My ship hears my voice. The voice of a stranger will they not what? Will they not hear? Only the voice of God. So as a child of God, one of your one of your one of your gifts or one of your character should be able that you can hear from God. Are you here once? You can hear from what? From God. By the Spirit of God. That's a man of God sorry to say you're a prophet it must come to a place where you don't need prophets to tell you everything you understand what I'm saying the reason why I'm going to come to that along the reason why there's a fivefold ministry gift it is to bring you into that realm where you are able to hear God for yourself but when you become dependent on the ministry gift only and yet you don't mature to the place where you are able to come into that realm and be able to bring others into that realm something is wrong with you it is either the gift that is ministering to you something is wrong with it or you have a problem to be able to receive from the vessel that god is using to speak to you come on are you are you are you hearing me people of god please i want you to let, let, let me say this i know we're we're pressing on this but if you have questions, put them down because I know some of you are going to have some things you and need some clarity on that one. Put it some put it down so you can catch some of these things. So therefore, let's go. So now we understand the Bible doesn't reveal the truth, the Bible hides the truth. But it takes the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth that is reading in the pages and to bring them to light for you to understand what is written in those pages come on are you with me so therefore if these are spiritual truths it is important for us to understand what god wants for us to be able to build accurately so if you go through scripture my exodus quickly come with me exodus chapter number 25. now Write, write, skip to verse down. Exodus chapter 25, beginning from verse number 1 to verse number 9. Now, you need to go home and read all through this. Now, hear me clearly. And the Lord, verse number 1, spoke unto Moses, saying, Now, who is speaking here? Who is speaking here? The Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, verse number 2, speak unto the children of israel who is to speak of moses is the world speak to the children of israel and what do you say to them that they bring me an offering they bring me what they bring me what an offering i wonder why will god ask for an offering we'll
0: be right back we hope you enjoy this message we would love to have you fellowship with us you can locate us at the Shalom Murtus Junction, Leshebi of the Ashaiman Mungwa Highway for our Sunday Glory Celebration Service at 8 a.m. and our prayer line service at 5 30 p.m. Welcome back to the message.
2: Ah, hear me church, hear me church, hear me church. I want the, I always say that the church does not have money problem. You see the number of ch- uh, the number of members in this church whether we are 20 whether we are 50 or whether we are 80 we this ministry does not have money problem but interestingly sometimes we have challenges with finances not because there is no money the issue is not the money problem the issue is a heart problem read that scripture it says speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me what an offering But it goes on to say, of every man that gives it willingly, with what, with his heart, he says, and you shall take what my offering. Not just all kinds of my offering. The only offering accepted by God is the offering that comes from the heart. Are you with me? So now, understand Exodus chapter twenty-five. The question Do the children of Israel have the offering yeah they do let me tell you how when they came out of egypt the bible said none came out broke none came out poor none came out fable but they all came out rich in gold and in silver come on church are you with me i don't know how many people came out of the out of the out of egypt some people say two million some people say three million depends on how you calculate it whether with the men with the children so let's say two million men came out of egypt Excluding what? The children. The women and the children. So let's round it up. Let's say 3 million people. Now the Bible says, And none came out fable. Do you know how they came out? The Bible says, 400 says, says, years of wages was paid to each man in one day. In other words, 400 years that they have served in Egypt. They've been in slavery. The Bible says God caused the children of Israel to plunder Egypt in that one day what was equal to 400 years of labor. Now think about it. If you are working today, minimum wage of Ghana city. Now multiply that into 400 years put together and give it to you now. You are a millionaire. Do you understand that? So in other words, three million millionaires came out of Egypt in one day, rich with gold and in silver. I love the humor of God. God took three million millionaires eh, and brought them into the middle of the desert where there was no shopping mall and nowhere to spend the money. They have it. And God now said to Moses, now tell these people, those who are of a willing heart, let them bring me an offering. The question: Do they have the offering? Yeah, three million millionaires have the offering. But yet he said, only those who give it one will willingly with their heart shall you take. No, no. He didn't say everything you have bring. No, no, no. Those who give it willingly with their heart. So the question is: Was God looking for the offering? You need to read the book of Deuteronomy. God said, when I brought you out of the out of Egypt into the wilderness and caused you to hunger. Well, he said, it was not because I was looking for your offering. But he made this statement. He said, but I was testing the motive of your heart to see whether you are of me or not. And when you read through scripture, the only ground God measures, the intent of the heart of man is always in your giving. It's not in your words, I love God, I love God. Who told you you love God? It's in your giving. Your giving is the You know why? Because your giving is the sweat of your labor, which is your life. That's why when you read scripture, say no man can serve God and mammon, money. Why did he say no man can serve God and your husband? He said no man can serve God and your job. He said no man can serve God and mammon at the same time. It's always about money. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? That is why one of the ways you measure a man or a woman who is fully committed to God, it is in their giving. Some people, the Lord is the Lord of their life, but it's not the Lord of their pocket. They can pray, they can shout, they can fight, but when it comes to giving, something is wrong. Come on, I'm coming somewhere. Okay, now we get that I'm going to deal with that. He says, okay, with the heart, willingly. Now verse number three down to verse number seven began to list the kind of offerings they should bring are you with me mean? which they have the kind of offering now come to verse number eight with me come to verse number eight i want to say so. and he said what did he say with them to them he said and I let them do what make me a what a sanctuary that i may do what dwell among them i want you to understand the reason why God wants them to bring that offering is for one purpose, is for the building of the sanctuary or translation, the building of the tabernacle. Are you with me? Mean? The building of what? And what is the purpose of the tabernacle? The Lord said that I may do what? Dwell among them. We're going to come into that if the Lord permits us. The whole intent of God is to dwell among men. Now, I want you to get this man of God, because we're going to come to that along in the when we deal with the kingdom. Read from the book of Genesis right to the book of Revelation, you will understand the whole ultimate goal of God has always been to dwell with men. Hear me, church? It is not to bring men to heaven, but it's to bring heaven to earth. Read scripture and understand Bible. Genesis chapter number three in the cool of the evening God always come down to visit man. What is he looking for? What is he looking for? Some of you say because He seek for worship and praise. No. that part of it, but everything on earth was bringing praise and glory to him. But he was looking for a dwelling among men. And when he could not find a dwelling among men, he brought a people called the children of Israel. Israel is not defined as are the 12 tribes of Israel. If you understand, Israel is a name that God gave to a relationship that they have with the people of God. Come on, are you with me? But when God could not find a people among them to dwell with, Jesus came. And Jesus made a profound statement. Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. He said, but the Son of Man have nowhere to lay his head. And some of you have been translating that that Jesus was so poor that he didn't have where to stay. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Zacchaeus, when he met Zacchaeus on that tree, come down He said, today I will dwell in your house. And Zacchaeus said, everything, everything. He said, come and say, man, everything I've ever taken, I will return it back to people, double, seven foot or whatever. If Jesus was looking for a place to stay, the house of Zacchaeus would have been a place for him to stay. You catch what I'm saying? Now, if Jesus was looking for a place to stay, when he stood, Peter said, go to the sea went to pay the tax. He said, go to the sea, to the river, and catch the fish. So when you cut it, open the mouth. He said, there's a coin there. Use that coin to pay my tax and to pay your tax. Come on, church, are you with me? So if Jesus doesn't have where to stay, when I say, Peter, catch two fish. Use one to pay the tax and use the other so that we can build a house. Come on, are you with me? Jesus is so wise that the scriptures say 5,000 disciples follow Jesus. Do you know that? Not well. Read scripture. 5,000 disciples, the scriptures they follow Jesus in the book of John. And one day Jesus turned around and looked at them and said to them, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. They say, you say what? Eat your flesh and drink your... The Bible said, they say, what a heart sin and that Day the Bible said, 5,000 people turned back from following him. Don't you think he knew that they were going to turn back? And if he knew he doesn't have where to stay, he would have collected an offering before they leave. 5,000 people he would have built their house. Come on, are you catching what I'm saying? But they left, and when he turned around, only 12 men were there. And he looked at them and he said, Are you still here? And Peter looked at Jesus and said, Master, he said, to whom shall we go to? He said, for we know that you have the word of eternal life and we will speak to you or with you until the end. And Jesus said, good, now you come. Come on, I don't know whether you are catching what I'm saying. Now, translation, what the Bible is actually saying, Jesus is the head, but there was no body. And he's looking for a body to dwell. That is why you must understand by revelation. That is why you and I we are called the body of Christ, not the head of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And he's there. In other words, we become the corporate body of Christ that the headship of God now rests upon to function in the earth. Most times we say the body of Christ, the body, you don't understand what it is. The church is the body of Christ. The church is not a building. The church is not a person, per se, but the church is a corporate people that is brought together as one in the spirit with Christ at the head of that body. Come on, are you with me? Can you can you understand this church? And of course, when you go back to go down to the book of Revelation and read Revelation chapter number 20 and Revelation chapter number 21 the Bible say, and the last angel sounded the trumpet, and there were voices in the heavens. I spoke about the heavens and the earth. But when you come to verse number three, it said, behold, I heard a voice that proceed out of the throne of God that say, hey, he said, God has relocated. One translator. I think the message, one of the God has relocated from the heavens. He has come to the earth. And he said, and he has made his neighborhood among men. He said, God, that is the book of Revelation, the conclusion of everything. When the last angel, he said, God has moved from the heaven. He has now come to the earth. He now dwells among men. He said, that is his goal. Most of you, the message rather, say I heard the voice stand up from the throne. Look, look, God has moved into the neighborhood, making his home with men and women. They are his people, and he's their God. Are you here with that? Yeah. He has moved from the heaven. Most of us are very interested in flying to heaven when he is more interested in coming to the earth. You read it in the Bible, he said, occupy till I come. But some of us are thinking that this gospel is about flying to heaven. Listen, the gospel is not about preparing the people for heaven. I'm going to come to that because some of you think that this gospel we are here is about preparing you for heaven. No. Your place in heaven is already guaranteed by virtue of your salvation. Are you here, to wonder? And if God wants you in heaven, listen to me, He would have killed you the first day you gave your life to Christ. I'm saying He's gone. Come but you've been saved for how many years and you are still here on earth, so what are you doing here? If he wants to save you to get you to heaven, so what are you doing here? I'm going to come to that along the line because we must understand how to build accurately. There are some things that have gone wrong in church that is affecting our function here on earth and making us not effective in what we are doing because we are looking up there when we should be looking down here and doing a walk an assignment that god has given to us as a church come on are you with me now let's go on now go back to exodus chapter 25 i'm gonna to pick to pick something exodus 25 verse number eight now he said let them make me what a sanctuary that i may do what dwell among what them we understand god wants to build his temple to dwell among us come to verse number nine I see what it says. It says, according to what? To all that I what? Show thee. According to what? All that I what? Show thee. After what? The pattern of the what? Tabernacle. And the pattern of all the instruments thereof. Even so shall you what? Make it. There are two things I want you to pick out here. We're going to emphasize. Now. Number one is about, is about one, your heart. Number one is about what? Your heart. Number two is about your sight. Number two is about what? Your sight. Verse number 9 is, according to all that I do what? Show you. Your heart and what? Your side? Now go with me Hebrews chapter number, is it chapter number 8? Hebrews chapter number 8, beginning from verse number 4. Let's see that. Are you there? Now understand the right of the book of Hebrews. It is not clear who wrote the book of Hebrews. But it is popularly believed by some that Paul wrote it. Even though it is not very clear. Come on, are you with me? But the writer of the book of Hebrews began to speak of the priesthood of God. The priesthood of God. In Hebrews chapter number 8. Talking about the lineage of Christ. That he would have not been a high priest. If you follow the standard of the law. But his priesthood is a different one from the other priesthood of Moses and the other. According to the law. Now he says, For if he were, off, were on earth, or if he were on earth, he should have not been a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, but he was not offering his according to the law. Are you with me? Now come to verse number five. Who serve unto the example or shadow of heavenly things, as what Moses. Was admonished. Now see what he said. I want to pick something. He said, just as Moses was what? Admonished of what God, when he was about to make what? The tabernacle. Now, what did God say to him? What was the admonishment from God when God spoke to him when Moses was about to build the tabernacle? He said, For see, I love the way, I would love the way this trans the King James. Right? He said, For say what? See, there's a comma. He says see, in other words, there's an emphasis on that word see, what you see. See. See it here. That you what? Make all things according to what? The pattern that I want, I show to you upon what? The mountain. So therefore, let's go back now because we want to look how can we build according to God's pattern. How can we build our ministry according to God's pattern? How can we build our business according to God's pattern? How can we build the church according to God's pattern? How can you build your life or your career, everything according to what God's pattern? The only standard that God accepts is the standard that is built according to his pattern. Are you with me? So in other words, hear me church. Clearly. It is not about building. You know why? Because anyone can build. But it is about building according to the pattern or his pattern. Beloved, My brother made a statement here. There are all kinds of churches in Ghana. And all of them are building. But the question is, which one is building for God? And which one is not building for God? Because all of them claim they are building for God. Let me give you one confusion that is very, very important. This year is coming to an end 2021. We are going into 2022. Every pastor will start coming out the year 2022, my year of breakthrough. This one, my year of prosperity. This one, my year of maturity. This one, my year of this, my year of that. So sometimes I got confused. Because all these churches are claiming, all of them are hearing from God, but everyone have a different different things they are doing. So it's look to me that this God is it that some is hearing from God or some are not hearing from God? Because you say different, this one say different, this one. and all of you claiming to hear it for me. For example, if I'm God, so am I confused? And what you are hearing, you are saying is for everybody. What you are here is you say for everybody, but you are all saying these different things. Are you catch what I'm saying? So something must be wrong. Is say that somebody is not hearing? Or somebody just sit down and just cook some nice phrase and say, this is our teaching for the year. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? So therefore, we must begin to understand this thing. So things must be done according to what God's, what eternal pattern. That's what I want to So how can we build according to God's pattern? Number one, your heart. The condition of your heart will always determine how you build. Your heart is the yardstick of God's measurement as it relates with his word. Your heart is what? The yardstick of God's measurement. In other words, your heart is the measuring rod. By which God judges you based on how you understand or accept his word in your heart. That's why God said to someone, he said, you look, men look at the outward appearance. But God said, I look at what? The motive of the heart. Come on, are you hear what? That is why somebody will come in here in my own perception. I despise you based on your outlook, based on your family background, based on your status. But yet, I look at another man and I just accept you. But yet, when God looks at this boatman, God looks at this one I the spies, and God looks at the intent of the heart and says, this one is accepted. And you're wondering, why will God bless this one instead of this one? Because God measures you by the motive of your heart. Come on, is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So, in other words, your heart is the yardstick of God's measurement as it relates to His Word. This is why there must be a constant, hear me, church and leader, a constant renewing of the mind, so that it does, so that it doesn't lose focus on the truth and be carried away with the traditions and the philosophy of men that may sound good in the ears but are not of Christ. In other words, there has to be what? A constant renewing of the mind. If you and I, if we are going to build accurately anything we do for God, there must be a constant renewing of our mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why the scripture talks about the renewing of what? The mind. Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 23. I love what the contemporary English version of the Bible says. It says, let the spirit... Change the way you think. One translation says, Be ye renewed in the spirit of your mind. But this translation says, Let the word, The spirit change the way you do what? You think that is why i told you the importance of the person and the ministry of the holy spirit this mean, the holy spirit must be involved in the renewing of your mind so that you cannot think like god see like god perceive like god and respond as god wants you to respond come on are you with me And you get that okay now get this also one of the greatest hindrance to the move of the spirit or to the accurate building of God is traditions. It's what? Tradition. The traditions of men. Tradition. is The greatest hindrance. Oh. oh. The disciples, the, the, the Pharisees came to Jesus. The Pharisee came to Jesus listen church, they looked at Jesus and and they questioned him and said, why is it that you and your disciples do not follow the tradition just like we and John's disciples? I want to see what they said. Just like we, the Pharisee and John the Baptist, his disciples. Because John the Baptist is the one who reveals you. But John the Baptist's disciples are following the tradition. But you, you don't follow the tradition. You and your disciples. Now, I want you to understand something very well here. Because this will, if, if the Lord permits me, I'm going to touch on that tomorrow. One of the greatest hindrance to your spiritual maturity will be those you are hearing from. Are you hearing what I'm saying? those you are what you are hearing from because I can only bring you to the level where I am I cannot take you beyond where I am and that is why when you read through scripture you constantly hear of John's disciples John's disciples, John's disciples and every time they are always in contention with the disciples of Jesus Christ read through the Bible And the Pharisees will always speak about John's disciples, John's disciples. So what is happening? When you read the book of Acts of the Apostles, I don't know whether it's chapter number 18 or 19. Paul came to this place and saw 12 men and began to speak to them. But they could not understand the frequency that Paul was flowing. And Paul stopped and asked them this question. He said, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? Ah, these six men, these 12 men look at Jesus. I mean, look at Paul and say, What Holy Spirit? (laughs) He said, We have not heard of anything called the Holy Spirit. But interestingly, the Holy Spirit has already been given 14 years ago. These are not unbelievers. They are believers. 14 years ago, the Holy Spirit has been given. But they have continued for 14 years without even hearing of the Holy Spirit. Ah, and Paul now said, so to what were you baptized? And they say, ah, we were baptized in John's baptism. In other words, they were the disciples of John the Baptist. So what is the problem with John? Hello? Hello? What is the problem with John? Listen very carefully to me. You must understand the ministry of John because sometimes that is why your favorite preacher sometimes can become the hindrance to your spiritual progress. That's why in the Bible there's no called call a favorite preacher. This was say I'm a Paul, I'm a Peter, of Apollo. He like, said you no canal. That you are contending, who is this? He said Paul gave this one plan and the other water, but who gave the? He said, God gave the. But if you are arguing about who is the best preacher, this one says I'm there. He said that you are carnal. He said because we are supposed to focus on Christ and not on all these ones. Come on, is somebody catch what I'm saying? But what is the problem with John? They ask John, "Who are you?" John said, "I am." one not two not many i am one crying in the wilderness to prepare the way of the lord are you the messiah he said no so who are you i am one he said but there is one coming that is greater than me whose shoe i am not worthy to untie whatever he said he will baptize you with the holy spirit i will what fire he said him shall you follow and john made a statement He said, he that sent me, I want to hear what John said. He that sent me said to me, anyone that I see the spirit of God like a dove resting upon, he said, he is the Messiah, show him to the people. So John came for one purpose. The ministry of John is simply to reveal the Messiah. That's what John was called to do. Nothing else. But how will John know and how will John reveal the Messiah is only when you keep baptizing. He said, just keep baptizing people. Eh? One day you will see one you were baptized, heaven opens, Speaker. he said, that is the one showing to the people. So John said, that is why I am baptizing. Do you understand scripture? Read John chapter number one, very clear. John is explaining his ministry. How will I know the man? Jesus said, uh, God said, keep baptizing people. Eh? Just keep baptizing. One day you will see one. He said, that is one revealing to the people. Right? So John had all these followers with him. Eh? Andrew and the others. They were baptizing. And one day, the heavens opened. And the Spirit of God came upon Jesus. And John said, Behold the Lamb of God that I spoke to you about. Read that scripture. The Bible said, two of John's disciples... Left John that day. Read back Left John that day and follow Jesus. And the Bible and Jesus turned about and said, "Why are you following me?" And the Bible says, and they said, I think it was Andrew and what. The Bible the and they said, Rabbi, where do you live? And he said, Come and see. The Bible they followed Jesus. Guess what? And never returned back to John. Because these men were wise to understand. That that very day, John said, Behold the Lamb of God, the ministry of John was over. Are you catching what I'm saying? So now they had to migrate to make the transition into that which is current. And those two men became part of the 12 apostles of Jesus. So now hear me clearly. Hear me clearly. The Bible said, even after John, read scripture, revealed Jesus, John continued to preach. So my question, what are you preaching? Because your ministry is over, but you continue to preach. Read the book of Mark chapter number 1. The Bible says as long as John was preaching, Jesus never preached. Never said anything until the news came to Jesus. Mark chapter number 1. And said John had been beheaded. You know what the scripture said? The Bible said, and Jesus jumped up. And rejoice! Ah, that his head is off. Instead of him to be sad, the Bible he jumped up and rejoiced, and said, "Behold, the kingdom of God is come within you." He said, he said "From that day Jesus began to preach." So the, the could it be? Hear me, child. Could it be that John became a hindrance to the ministry of Jesus, and that was why God allowed his head to be removed? Ah, while John was in prison. John preached Jesus, but John doubted Jesus. He sent a message from the prison to go and ask him, Are you the Messiah? But that is the same man who said, Behold the Lamb of God. Now he's sending somebody, he Say, Are you the one? Or should we start looking for another one? And Jesus said, I'm the one. But yet he was saying, He said, Keep preaching. Come on, I don't know whether somebody's hearing what I'm saying. Those who you are submissive to determine your transition in this current season. Because some of you are relating based on status, based on picture, based on that. Some of these, our fathers, are a hindrance to the current move of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Except there's a transition from the old into the new. Oh, Jesus made a statement. I want to think about this. I didn't say it, but the Bible says, says this. When they asked Jesus about John. And Jesus said, Out of every man born of a woman, none is greater than John the Baptist. But he goes on to say, But he that is least, translation, He that is last in the kingdom is greater than John. Now the question, after last, is there any other... one? So, he that is last in the kingdom is greater than So, could it be that John preached the kingdom, but yet John did not make the kingdom? Because the Bible, Jesus said, he that is last in the kingdom is greater than him. So, after last, there's no other number. So, which means there's every possibility that John is the man who first preached the kingdom of God. But yet Jesus is saying, he that is last, could it be that this man did not make it? That is why you keep having the Pharisees making this statement. We are John's disciples. In other words, they equate John's disciple with them in their religious standard. But Jesus responded and said, listen to me. He said, why is it that you follow the traditions of men, but you disobey the commandments of God? And it goes on to say, by these traditions, he said, You have made the word of God of non-effect. In other one of the greatest hindrances to the move of God is the traditions of men. The development of tradition is always when there's an absence of the speaking spirit of God. When the Holy Spirit is not speaking, tradition begins to develop. Come on, is somebody hearing what I'm saying? That is why I said you must understand the importance of what the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Because it is vital in our building accurately for the kingdom of God. Come on, can you catch that? So therefore, that is why your heart must constantly be what? Renewed. Your heart must constantly be what? Renewed. Your heart must constantly be what? Renewed. If we are going to build accurately, we must check the motives of our what? Heart. The motives of our what? Heart. Even the ministry, check the motives of your heart. Why do you do what you do? You must always question yourself. Because if you can always measure the motive of your heart with the word of God, you will always live right and build accurately in anything you want to do. You want a car? Yes. But why do you want a car? If your motive is not in line with God's will, getting that car, And either bring you out of God. Or bring you to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Have you seen people praying for prosperity? Man, I want God to bless me. Oh, when Lord, let let this miracle come suddenly. So that when I come to church, people will know that I have arrived. Do you see the motive of the prosperity? The motive now is for you to be witchcraft. To oppress people. So that when you come to church, everybody must know that you have arrived. So in other words, the motive of your desire for prosperity is what? It's wrong. Come on, I don't know whether somebody's hearing what I'm saying. That is why there are some prayers God does not answer. It's not because he doesn't want to bless you, but God checks the motive of your heart before he blesses you. What do you do? That is why you have a lot of ministers who have started right in ministry, but along the line, when circumstances, when the wind of life begins to blow, they begin to compromise their word and begin to compromise the standard of their ministry. That is why I said to my brother, keep I'm it, going keep it up. The excellence that is here and the heart by which you pursue this. Don't allow the challenges out there to make you compromise your message because I need to change the message now so that I can get the people to begin to give. If you preach the truth, money will come. When you build the people, the money will come. Because when you teach them by the principle of the word, they must also understand by the principle of the word, you need to reciprocate based on what you have received. You don't need anybody to do that. We don't need to jack you up and say, and say listen, I need ten people who will stand here, one, one thousand CDs, come and stand here, We will give one, one thousand cities? It's because you are not matured enough. When you are matured enough, the pastor will not be doing that. Because you, as you are hearing this word, your mind is supposed to tell you this thing costs money. This conflict costs money. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So every day or by the end of this meeting, you are supposed to come to a conclusion of a sacrifice of your own volition from your heart to covenant, to give to God. We don't need to conjure you now to now start raising it to meet the budget. Come on, I don't know whether somebody's hearing what I'm saying. But if you are hearing the word, your heart is supposed to prick you to that extent. Come on, are 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 you catching what I'm saying here? Please, because we're trying to the the point what we're trying to do, we're trying to build by standards so that things are done according to the will of God. That's why when you read the early the early church, they were not raising money. Do you know that? They're not raising money. But they had more than enough. That the scriptures, people went and sold their land, sold their houses, and they brought all and put it on the feet of the apostles not today when people bring money and put it on his feet hey, yeah 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 talking but those days they put it on the feet of the apostle and never ask any question because we will come to that if the lord permits or you will come to that in terms of the character of a minister that must be of a higher standard of integrity honesty and purity how you handle the resources of god that those people were willing to put it on the feet of the apostle and never ask any question because why they knew that this man will use it for the glory of God. That is why when Ananias and Sapphira came, they sold their land and they conspired among themselves to only bring half and to lie to the men of God. saying, this is all we have brought. And Peter looked at them and said, listen to me. Why the land was with you, was it not yours? If you wanted, you would have kept it. God didn't force you to bring it. But why did you not bring it to the Lord? Now you have the audacity to lie. Ah, well, well, before they opened their mouth they fell down and what died and the wife not knowing what has happened came to church <laughs> and Peter said why have you conspired with your husband to lie against the Holy Spirit lie what? no no we didn't lie we brought up and he said behold the feet of those who have buried your husband and they, that a joke. they buried her listen if that is happening now in church some of you are liars. You don't give offering. You say you give offering. You don't give tithe. You say we are under grace. You know, under grace in those days, you know, in those days, under grace, they st- under the Lord, they stone you. Eh? That's if they catch you. But under grace in the early apostles, it is, it's, it's instant. That is why I said the glory has not yet come. When the glory of God comes, the fear of God will be in the heart of men. The fear of God is not in our heart. Let's be honest with ourselves. It's not there. If the fear of God is there, this place will be filled up today. What will make you go to market when God is here? Huh? Eh? Because you've not made God your priority in the, in the first place. God is not your priority. We only say it with our mouth. Look at the Muslim. When they want to pray, they go, they close every shot. Whether you are bringing millions for them, they don't care. They shot everything that go and hit their head on the floor. After they hit it for one hour, they come. And you know what? That money, they still get it. The Muslim, do you realize? I don't know, but I've never found one today. I've never found a Muslim doing a fundraising to build a mosque. Since I've been a Christian, I've never found them. Or say they are printing envelope. Eh, to write uh, church phone, uh, mosque phone, donate, and they give it to people. say, go and go and share it outside for people. I've never found it one day. But you know that whenever they want to build a mosque, they just come, they even buy or buy this thing. While we are here, they even buy it and destroy it. And before you know, pam, 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 you see that thing with the shiny roof or whatever, sh- before you know, they are dedicated. Even dedication, you don't hear. Before you know, oh, look, you hear the shouting. They are hitting their head, it's gone. So where do they get money from? If you study their religion very well, they have they say there's a three things that you must do that shows that you are a Muslim. One of them is what you call tithe. There's a word they call it. He say if you don't give it, you are not a Muslim. So they are obliged to give. They don't collect offering during uh, when they come for prayer. They don't collect offering, but they know where to send it to. The account they send to, and they do it faithfully. And when it's time to build the money is there. But we who understand God more than them, but yet we must we must conjure you to bring it if I have not tell you that you are from, uh, from, from Samu, where you stay for close to call you, your house is by the tree there, and this and this, and tell you that there's something in front of your house that is killing you. That is why you are not progressing. Now, nah, for the last seven years, you've been suffering like that. I hear that number seven. So therefore, the Lord is saying you must give 700 CDs. the number seven, seven one two seven hundred 700 to redeem you. You who doesn't have money, by this evening, 700 will come. The truth, 700 will come. Eh? Why? Because you don't love truth. Are ah, you catch what I'm saying? But when you love truth, this money is there. That's why I say we don't have money problem. We have heart problem. The issue is with the heart. Are ah, you catch what I'm saying? Now let's go on. No time is going very far. Now, number one, I say your heart matters if you're going to build accurately. So which we saw there. Number two is what your sight, in other words, your vision. Hebrews chapter number eight. Quickly, Hebrews chapter number eight. Hebrews chapter number eight. Come to that verse, verse number five. Whoso oh, have unto the example of shadow heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make water tabernacle for what they see. He said, What? See. He said, do what? See. Come on, choice. He said, do what? See. see. Now hear me. Your ability to build accurately according to God's pattern will greatly be determined by the clarity of your vision. The clarity of what? Your vision. The clarity of what? Your vision. And your understanding of God's divine purpose. You see this house, this building where we are now, it was not just be like that. There is a word they call the building plan, the architect drew. I'm building a house at the moment in Nigeria. I have a house in South Africa. In South Africa, most of the houses are they are already built, so you just buy with the bank, pump. You don't see the building plan. But in Nigeria, like in Ghana, mostly you have to buy land and go give architect to draw the the building plan. Do you know if they give you the building plan of a house? Listen. If you don't understand architectural work, or you are not a builder, if they give you the building plan of the house, that paper, you see, you will not be able to explain it. You look at it, someone you are turning it like this, sometimes you are turning it like this. You are say, where is the toilet? Where is this? You are seeing line. All you see is line, number, line, line. Like you don't understand what it is. Are you catching what I'm saying? But when you give an architect or you give a builder, that thing you call line that you don't understand, he can look at it and he can picture the house and tell you exactly what it will be. So in other words, for the builder to build accurately, it will be determined by his ability to see the blueprint of the house. So therefore, the Lord said to Moses, see, eh." That you make all things according to the pattern I have what shown to you. So therefore, your ability to build accurately will be determined by your vision. And that is why the Bible says in Proverbs chapter number 20, is it 29 verse 18? Proverbs chapter number 29 verse number 18. Quickly, it says where there is no vision, the people do what? parent, but he that keeps the law happy is what? You see, you see that what most times we are talking, we always pray where there is no vision, the people perish. The question is, what is a vision? A vision is not what you go to bed to sleep in the night and have a dream and wake up in the morning and say I have a vision. That's not what that scripture is saying. Matter of fact, when you read all the translations of the Bible, it says where there is no prophetic understanding of the purposes of God, No, that vision there means the understanding of God's prophetic purpose. Until there is an understanding of the prophetic purpose of God for your life or for your ministry, there is no way you can build accurately. That's why your vision matters a lot. Your vision does what? Matters what? A lot. Your vision does what? Matters what? A lot. So take note of these two things. And if there's anything you will constantly pray for, is to always pray to check the motive of your heart and what your vision. What are you seeing? If I ask you this question, in the next five years from now, what is your vision? Not just what is your plan, what is your vision? What has God, what has God said to you? What do you know that God has assigned? I told you yesterday. Those of you who were, there, yeah. I fired myself from pastoral work. I was pastoring church. My highest number there was ninety-six when I started pastoring. To interest you to know, I started pastoring at the age of eighteen years. It was when I started pastoring my first church. My highest membership was ninety-six members. But as I came to Ghana, I came, came to do the trip. I came back. I fired myself. I realized that is not my assignment. And people today try to convince me to go start a church. I said, no. I went to Singapore, a big church, a 1,200-member church, a rich church. And they told me, go back, find a hall that will sit as many numbers as you want. Let us know what it will cost for the building, what it will cost for the chairs, the instruments, and everything. We will pay everything. We will even put you on a monthly income for you to start your church, passage. Church. I said, no. It can be a distraction of the enemy even though it sounds good, to remove me from my call and my assignment, to pursue what all that I think is right when my assignment is this. I have stick to my assignment faithfully until now, not distracted. And sometimes I could be distracted because I feel that when I, if I start church, the way I'm preaching, I know my members, but I realize no, it's a distraction. <laughs> stick on your lane. Stick on your lane. Are you catching what I'm saying? Stick on your lane. What is your vision? What is your vision? What are you seeing? must know that. Come on, are you with me? Yes. We have a time limit to close, okay? So hold on, hang on with me. I think we still have uh, 15 minutes there. Now, let's deal on some essentials quickly. Some essentials. Get this. Number one, number one, number one. For you to build accurately, for you to build accurately, whether in ministry, in life, or whatever, you must understand what I call the revelation and information formation of Christ must be your passion. The revelation of Christ and the formation of Christ in you must be your passion. I want you, you see, you see people of God, those of you who, are, who if you are part of this church as ministers or you are part of, it, hear me very clearly. Hear me very clearly. And I pray that you don't just hear me with your natural mind, but hear me with your spirit mind. Don't be carried away by every kind of preaching you hear. I don't care who you hear it from. Did you hear what I'm saying? No matter how powerful or how big they are or how large their ministry is, don't be carried away by the things you see. If there is anything that should drive you in life, Let it be the revelation of Christ in every preaching. Are you with me? Paul said, I seek to know nothing among you except one thing, Christ and him crucified. There's nothing I'm looking for. He said Christ. And he made this statement. He said we have not preached ourselves. He said we have preached what? Christ, and I always pray that prayer every time. And we as ministers, and sometimes we are guilty of it—that sometimes we preach ourselves in pretense that we're preaching Christ. Knowingly, the emphasis has been on ourselves rather than on Christ. That is why sometimes you check the ministry. The question is: Let me ask you today, if this man is removed out of this church, and God send it does, see the Lord arise, I'm sending you now to Canada and takes you out. The question will this church still continue? Or this church, the question will you still remain as members of this church? Or you say, ah, pastor don't go. So me, myself, I'm also going. It shows that you were, you have not been built on Christ. You have been built on this man. You hear what I'm saying? Which scripture? The church in Antioch. When you read Acts chapter number 8, 9. Going. The church in Antioch. Where they were first called Christians. It took one year. One year to establish the church in Antioch. Barnabas. Was the one who preached the gospel to them. Barnabas and Barnabas went to Tassos. To look for Saul. Was called Saul. And the Bible said they came and for the space of one year they taught the people. And the Bible said, and they, the believers, were now called Christian. There's a difference between a Christian and a believer. Are you hearing that? that term Christian? You know the name Christian is not given to us by God. You know that. You say, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. You know God does not call you a Christian. It's not even the apostle that gave us that name Christian. You know who gave us that name Christian? It's the unbelievers that gave us the name Christian. We say we are Christian, Christian. It's an unbeliever that called us Christian. In scripture, we are called the sons of God. As many as receive him, to them he gave the power to become what? The sons of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. He said the earth is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of what? The sons of God. The heroes, those who are mature. That is what you are called. Sons of God, whether you are a man or you are a woman, being a son of God has nothing to do with gender. Are you catching on. That word son of God is a definition of a unique relationship with a people with God. Come on, is somebody hearing what I'm saying? And yet the Spirit of God in the process of fasting and prayer said, separate me Paul and Barnabas for the work which I have called them. One year old church. And the Bible said they removed their best ministry gift. Barnabas and Paul. And the Bible said they send them off. And yet that church continued. And when you read scripture, there are three standard church you find in the scripture. The church in Jerusalem. The church in Ephesus. And the church in Antioch. And the most accurate standard of these three church was the Antioch church. Not the church in Jerusalem. Not the church in Ephesus. But the church in Antioch. is a prototype of the church that Jesus wanted. But yet they sent out their best leader after one year. And the church, he rules up to be strong and solid. What is your focus in ministry? Come on, is somebody, somebody hear what I'm saying? That is why, hear me, that is why Paul said in Galatians chapter number 4 verse 19, he said, oh my little child, he said, I travail again that Christ be formed in what? In you. I wrote something here, man of God, hear me very clearly. I said, every true kingdom apostolic church gives preeminence to the formation of Christ in a people. Every true apostolic church." Gives priority to this ministry. The formation of Christ in the people. In other words, you understand this people of God. The fruit of your ministry is not the building. The fruit of your ministry is not the population of your popularity or those who follow you. The fruit of your ministry is not in your cars. It's not in your bank account. It's not whether you have traveled abroad, you are traveling abroad or whatever it is. Those are nonsense. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not about whether you are on TV or you are not on TV. The fruit of your ministry is in the people you have raised. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because the people you have raised are the ones who determine the next generation. In you know, other the sources of every man's ministry will be the sons that he has raised in you know, other the impact he has made in the next generation through the sons he has raised That is why Paul said if nobody believes in my apostolic ministry as an apostle he said but ye are the fruit of my ministry. in other if all that does not believe at least you he said if nobody believes this man out there. Nobody believes that. At least he can stand and say, you are the fruit of his ministry. Not in the crowd. Because some of us are carried leaders, Don't be carried away by the crowd. Read Matthew chapter number 25. The master gave talent. He gave what? One, five. The other two, the other what? One. He said, But to each man in proportion to its ability. In other words, God does not give you more than what you need, He does not give you less than what you need. And God is not going to judge you. Say, This one I gave five, He brought ten. You, 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 you. No, 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 no. He's going to judge you based on what He has assigned you to do. So this man, for example, like I said, may only be assigned to just this number of people. Are you catching what I'm saying? And he's not going to grow beyond this number. He's not going to go less. This is his impact that will impact the world. And when God is to judge him, God is not going to say, So why did you not grow the church to 500? Because that, that was something. So the one who is growing 1,000 does not make him better than the one who is, who is this one. It's only in our natural mind we are thinking, Hey, 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 Bishop, this had this number. Me, I need to build. So you do all kinds of things because you want to be like that. No, the grace given to you is for this number. Not for, The grace given to him is for that number. He will give account of that number. You will give account of this number. And you know the danger of it? Is that most people are successful, but unfortunately in the wrong assignment. Okay. Eh? It's a dangerous thing. When you leave your uniqueness and you begin to copy others and you become successful. They say church group, church group, church group. What church group? The man who had the largest church, I don't know, I don't know what I'll use that word. He just passed away. Eh? His church grew out of two principles. One, prayer, and two, uh, cell group. People started traveling to South Korea to see that church group and learn uh, disciples. How many people are doing, uh, doing uh, what do you call it? Eh? Cell group. We tried it in Africa, it was not working for us. Are you can, It was not working for us. How many church? How many church have cell group? Sale group where? Huh? Sell group and people start taking the chain and started churches everywhere. Ah, they changed the strategy. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> Your church will grow based on what God has said for you. This man will do church growth, it will work for him. This one will not do church growth, it will work for him. So, in other words, what has God said for you, said to you? The atmosphere in Ghana is different from the atmosphere in Nigeria. It didn't want the atmosphere in South Africa. If you follow it, if you have traveled to the nations of the world, you would t- you would discover that everything is different. I've traveled. I have traveled. There's no nation that pray like Nigerians and Ghanaians. I came here. Ghanaians, you guys can pray. Go to the mountain and stay there for days. Not me. I didn't go. My, my grace don't carry me for that. No no, 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 no. I didn't go. When I see preachers go. I admire them. They go. And do you, know, do you know, if you understand ministry, do you know this prophetic ministry we are talking about was actually betting Ghana, in Ghana here, not in Nigeria? Nigeria today seems to be leading because of the numbers. So you hear Professor Suleiman, this, that, 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 But do you know the true prophetic started here, here, this Ghana here? The Nigerians came here to learn it. All this one, they are prophesying. Say, I see your color of bra is red. it's red. Your your color of pant is uh, is blue. And inside there, there's a map written on that one like this. So I say, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah It's a prophesied eh? It started here. I came to Ghana a long time, 1996, first of February. I came here. Nigeria, what is the prophetic started here. I know some of their names. You said I was asking for one. That's what we're asking. He, you know, it's like one of the fathers among the fathers here in uh, in the prophetic. Hey, there's the other one again, Prophet uh, Elisha, The other one, I know them those days. Hey, I see the other one there who who is uh, Kusi. You when I came to Ghana in 1996, I saw Kusi like this. He was like a normal man. We shook and went. He was serving under on somebody, one Boating. On under I met him there. He was like But today. Look at him. They are blow to all kinds of things. All kinds of stories are coming out. Are you catching what I'm saying? But, brothers and sisters, know the terrain where God has called you. But in all you do, don't be distracted by what you see. Remain focused and build accurately by scriptures. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, now I'm, I'm, go, I'm going to. Four minutes to go. Now hear me. I I want to emphasize on this particular one. I will will only do this and we'll continue with the others from tomorrow. The revelation and the formation of Christ must be your passion. Preachers, let's preach Christ and nothing else. But the truth of the matter is that you cannot preach the one you don't know. So in other words, if there's anything you must strive for as a believer is to know Christ. I'm not saying you don't know him, but you need to know him. Read the book of, uh, the book of Ephesians chapter number one. I think for, for the, when you read down to verse number 15 down, Paul wrote and he began to pray for the believers. He said, when I heard the body of faith in Christ, and your love for the saints. He said, I do not cease to give thanks for you, always making mention of you in my prayers. What is his prayer? That the Lord, the God our Father, the Lord of our our Lord Jesus Christ, may give unto you the spirit of what? Wisdom and two things he prayed for them. Wisdom and revelation. Never ask for houses. Never ask for money. Never ask that God should kill their enemies. Two things he only asked for: Lord, give them wisdom and revelation. Wow! It says so that one transfer, that they will have knowledge of Christ, knowledge of Him. So the question is that do they not know Him? Because these are not unbelievers; these believers, but yet they praying for wisdom and revelation that they will know Christ. So my question: Do they not know Christ? The same Paul at the end of his ministry in Philippians. Philippians chapter number 3. He began to pray. He said everything I have gained everything I have acquired. I put them aside. I count them but don't both for only one thing. He said for the excellency of the knowledge of my Lord Jesus Christ. One translation says because there is nothing on earth that can be compared to the knowledge of Christ. And when it comes down to verse number 10. He said that I May know him. Does Paul not know Jesus? But he said, yes, he said that he's writing this not at the beginning of his life, at the end of his ministry in Rome, when there were chains in his hands and in his leg, ready to die. But yet he's writing, he said, My ultimate priority is to know him. Are you catching what I'm saying? The revelation. Listen to me. There are three stages of the revelation of Christ to us. I want to get it. Three stages. I want to get it. Number one, there is a revelation of Christ to us. Two, there is a revelation of Christ in us. And three, there is a revelation of Christ through us. What stage are you? Listen, original The revelation of Christ to us is what has brought salvation to you. Are you here One, What has what brought studies? Has brought what Christ is now revealed to us. And therefore, we are saved. The fact that you are saved does not mean that you know Christ. Are you hearing one saying? The fact that you are what? Saved does not mean that you now know Christ. That is why they will always tell when you receive Jesus now you need to join the local church, study your Bible so that you will know him. That's why Paul began to pray for wisdom and revelation. It takes wisdom and revelation to what? To know him. And number two the dimension of Christ is the revelation of Christ in us. That's why the Bible says in book of Christ in you, not Christ to you, Christ in you is the hope of glory. That's why Paul said I travel He's talking to believer that Christ be formed in you, not to you, because to you brought salvation, but now he needs to be established in you the image of Christ but the born in you. That is the only time you can stand accurately to know that you are walking in Christ. Come on, church. Are you are you catching this? Come, come on. Are you are you able to catch it? Because some of you, you need to go out of this place and be hungry for God like you have never been hungry for God before what you think you know goes a lord i don't know teach me teach me i want to know that's why every morning i wake up i pray lord i ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that as you are talking i'm hearing you by the spirit of wisdom and revelation you see me i'm writing beyond what you are saying i'm writing books i've written did not come for me sitting down. it's listening those books i wrote i sat down on my spiritual father i was listening i was writing writing piece of paper I wrote everywhere until the day I sat down to put everything together to write the book when I finished writing a book I needed people to endorse it to write the endorsement I sent it to all my friends almost like 12 in different parts of the world to write an endorsement you will not believe that none of them were able to write when they read the weight of that book I wrote series one and series two they were afraid to put their endorsement on it because of the weight of the revelation I was talking about the kingdom of God. They, they just don't want to associate. Not that they don't want to do it, they were afraid because they don't want to, to, to put them. See, to my spiritual father who came, and said, what you have read, number one, needs to be edited. So that the English flows. Because they realize that I'm talking like a Nigerian. Eh? So the way we talk is different from the way the American talk. And if my book is going to be sold there, they have to use, have an editor to edit the phrase of the language to sound more like an, like an American, a Western word talking, so that it flows through. Got an editor. Number two, he said, your book is too big. Me, I'm thinking I'm reading like 50 pages or whatever. Now, I say your book is too big. He said, go divide it into two. Make one series one, make one series two talk about the kingdom of one, talk about the apostolic of one. Ah, that's it. I one. When they printed the book, I saw the two book series. Wow, I was, two books came out the first time. I was like, wow. It took some years later, those people I gave the book to endorse. When they start hearing about the king and order, that, that was where some of them started coming and say, Well, I received your book. Sorry, I did not endorse it there. It's just because I did not fully understand the whole teaching then on the kingdom of God. So now I will, sorry. Now they are putting endorsement. The people are talking. They are the one carrying me. You must hear this man. From U.S., my man from U.S., some of them have, had, I, I'm the one who have anointed them. Pour, all the elderly men, pour oil on their head, anoint them to the apostolic. You see some of them today, some of them come and say, You are the one who brought us into the kingdom. I'm like, looking at them. Do I did ordination for them. But, people of God, let Christ, let Christ, let Christ be your pursuit. Anything you do, let Christ be your pursuit. Come on, are you with me? Okay. There's a revelation of Christ to us, which brings out there's the revelation of Christ in us, and there's a revelation of Christ through us. God doesn't just want you to know him. And God doesn't just want you to dwell in him. But God wants you to be the representative of Christ in the earth. Now when people are looking for Christ, they look to you. In other words, like Paul says, he said, We have become the written epistles of Christ. Now people don't read it, they look at us and they see Christ. Behold us, they see Christ. So the question, Does people look at you and see Christ? Or when they look at you, what do they see? Have you seen some unbelievers they look at you? He said, you, if you are a Christian, that means I will not be a Christian because my life is better than yours. Such people are not reflecting Christ. Because if you ref- reflect Christ, no man can ever say they will not become a Christian. In other words, you don't preach to others. They just look at your lifestyle and they know who you are. I said, no, this one is different. This one is of God. Why? Because you become a written epistles of Christ that they look at you and they say, people of God, if we are to build accurately, the revelation of Christ will become our priority. I can take you through scriptures and scriptures for you to understand if there's anything. John said, I must abase myself so that he must be what elevated in me. Anything that want to rise in me to take the place of Christ, Lord, take it out of my life. If it be a preaching opportunity, Lord, take it out of my life. Any door that wants to open to me, Lord, that will close me and make me distract from preaching Christ, Lord, close that door. I don't care what that door will bring for me. You catch what I'm saying? And when you begin to pursue Christ, the integrity of your heart matters a lot. Walk in the integrity of what? Your heart. Your A must be your A. Your B must be your B. Even when they want to crucify you, stick to the word and stick to the truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm going to stop here because of time. I think we are limited with time. If not, I could press more. But we'll come back tomorrow and we're going to deal more on some aspects which are vital for us to build accurately. I want to touch on that area. On the kingdom of God. The message of the kingdom. Secondly, I want to touch on the tools that God uses to build. For us to understand the apostolic, the prophetic, the pastoral, the teaching, the evangelistic ministry. Each and every one of you seated here may fall in one of those categories. But know who you are. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And if you don't fall in any of those categories, suddenly when you see an apostle, you know who is an apostle. And when you see a prophet, you know who is a prophet. You begin to be able to identify that so that when the man of God brings a ministry gift in the house, you don't call all pastors, you don't call all prophets, you don't call all apostles. Because he who receives a servant in the name of a servant receives a servant reward. Are you catching on he who receives a prophet? In the name of a prophet, receives a prophetic reward. So in other words, if you receive me in the volume of which God has sent me, you receive the impartation of that grace to you. So if I come to you as an apostle, God sent me here as an apostle, but you receive me as a pastor, you cannot receive the impartation of the grace that God has brought to the house. Because you have wrongly defined me who I am. That is why in me traveling, I go to places... Uh, so I come to places, you hardly you hardly, so you hardly hear me talk about my ministry, the name of my ministry or those kinds. Some people come, I have friends today, good friends today, I preach wherever, some of them don't even know the name of my ministry. I don't talk about, the ministry is just a labor that I used to travel, whatever it is, paperwork with embassy. But in terms of me coming down, I didn't come to preach myself, I come to preach Christ. And I cannot come here, say, because I have taught some deep revelation. So, therefore, my agenda now is to convert the pastor to become my sons. Mm-hmm. Never. My job here is not to build my name or myself. My job is to recognize the grace upon this man and to build what God has asked him to build, to strengthen his work. So, my, my job here is to, is to be an addition of a boost to you. Not to look to me. Don't look to me. Look to Christ. But walk with the man that God has set with you in this place. In the first way, my coming here would have not been possible through this man. That is why I said yesterday, the fulfillment of my destiny is because of this man. Because without him, I won't be standing here. I'll be useless. I'll, I'll be sleeping in the house there. Are you catching what I'm saying? He is making me to fulfill my ministry. So people of God... Pursue after Christ. Okay, I'm done here. Quickly, I'm done here. We'll press on tomorrow and we're going to look more. And There's a lot of things we can talk about. There's a lot of things we can talk about. Uh, let me quickly say that. The books are there. The books are there. What I've taught you, what I've taught you, you'll find in those books, building according to divine pattern. The one that says patterns and principles. you find... Some teachings have dealt on all these things in a broader way. And I think I have one that navigating towards sources. I actually wrote that book last year while I was on lockdown in Australia. I went to Australia to preach for six days. I was when COVID hit. I ended up staying in Australia for eight months, locked in the house, going nowhere. Hmm? I love Ghana. You guys are really uh, COVID conscious here. It's good. But I was in Australia while I was locked down, and COVID hit. We were five in the house. They were all white, the only African. The man COVID tested positive to COVID and were living in the house. And they told him to go and do a test. Went to do test. That evening they brought an ambulance, took him off. He was working with the Ministry of Department of Health, so they had to take care of him to cover so that he doesn't become a story. The next day the son went to do test. The son came out positive. Wow. And we're in the house. That was how they gave our name to the list. They called me. And they said, you are a close contact to a positive agent or somebody, a positive patient. So, therefore, you must be quarantined for 14 days. On the 11th day, go and do a test. By the third, fourth, fifth day, the other son who tested positive was already showing all the symptoms of COVID. coughing of temperature. The other sister in the house, that one was worst. That one, you can look at that one, you say, this one. Eh? And all of us are staying in that house. When the Bible said, David said, "Ye though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> this thing, I was looking at it because at that time, you know that time when you tune on television, when they tell you the way people were dying in Spain, Italy, you think if you get it, you are dead. And now here am I all of them test positive, And I'm in the house. Jesus Christ. See prayers. I, is my, I have my end come, or what is this? <laughs> the worst part of it, on the 11th day, we went to do tests. And the one you said have COVID went to do tests. Her result came out negative. Yeah. Me, that did not show any sign or whatever, when my result came out, they said, Me, I'm positive. I started laughing. The white people look at me and say, "Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing?" I said, "Why will I not laugh? The one who 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 has you say it doesn't have me. Who is not my idea, You say I have it." They say, they, they are looking at me. They are surprised because these are white people now. They are looking at me. And they say, "Where are you from?" It became a news in that state, in that area. It became a news among them. Because when they, when they not call me, because before they drop the phone, a car arrive at the front. They have to drop some machine that I will use. Because in Australia, if you test positive, your house becomes your hospital. The only time they remove you from the house is when you can't breathe. They take you to the hospital to put oxygen. So your house is your hospital. So when every day they have to call to do the test and everything. First day they call, nothing is happening. Second day they call, nothing is happening. Third day, fourth day. Fifth day, the overall boss in the whole state now called, video called, the white man. And look at me and say, you know what? He said, we are wasting our time and our energy on you. That there is nothing wrong with you. That is how they cancelled me out from the list. Are you hearing what I said? I was free. I was excited. Well, second time I tested positive again. You know where? Here in Ghana. Came to preach in uh, February. I was to fly out. So I had to do the test, the COVID test before you travel. And the COVID came out positive. Me, after casting out all the devil and laying hands in Kumasi, demons screaming out. I said, these people want to catch me while I'm about to leave. They said positive. I started laughing. Why are you laughing again? I said, you people did. They did that to me in Australia about one year ago. Not this one again. But this one was serious. I was arrested at the airport here by your BNI Bureau of National Investigation. They seized my passport, took me in the in the uh, in the ambulance with bike in front of woo, and took me to the there's one hospital somewhere your COVID center and detained me there. I slept there. They said I was going to be uh, quarantined at the Labadi Beach Hotel. The bill was for seven days was to be about thousand five hundred dollars. For my food, everything, and I must pay for my pocket. Took me to the hospital there. The next day, before they took me out, they said they want to do a COVID test. I asked the lady overall, boss, if the result comes out negative, what will happen? He said, then you are free. I said, the result will come out negative. And she looked at me. Yesterday, you test positive. Today, neg-. I said, don't you believe in miracles? And she looked at me. He said, well, I believe in miracle, but I don't, this is your case. I don't understand. They did two tests, COVID tests. I was just walking, just praying. 20 minutes later, pastor or bro, come, come. God, they discovered that I speak the truth a little bit. Come, come. They say, you are free. I said, what do you mean I'm free? He said, you can, you can go. I said, what do you mean I'm free I can go? He said, don't you have a house to stay? I say yes, I have a house to stay. He said that you are free. You are, you are, there's no COVID anymore. We've done no COVID. That's how they gave me a bill or clearance. There's no COVID in this body. The devil is a liar. Amen. The devil is a liar. Stand on your feet, please. Let's stand on our feet. I don't know. I know. I told you guys if you have a question, ask. But I think I, can we can we put that for tomorrow, please? Put that for tomorrow. Put the questions together. We'll try to start more early if we can, and we have more time to deal on this and answer questions. Have you been blessed, people of God? Have you been blessed? Amen. One thing I love my brother here is not just that he's a preacher, he's a teacher. He loves to teach, and I love people who want to open scriptures, open and teach. The Bible says in the scripture in those days that the people did what they liked because there was no teacher of the word. But in order to bring them back, the Lord had to send those who taught them the word. We need people who are teachers of the word. Are you here? Whether they are apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, or evangelist, but people who teach the word, the purity of the word, so that their gift, their calling, including the prophetic gift, comes out with all purity and sharp. Are you with me? People of God, you are in the right place. I want to say it again. You are in the right place. Don't let anybody discourage you on what you're doing. Stay put in this place and continue to take root in the things that God is doing and be what God wants you to be. Amen. 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 Tomorrow afternoon, after we do that, we can do an impartation, if the Lord wills, for the leaders as well to pray and trust God that God will establish you in your call. God will establish you in your ministry. If you know your calling already, but God will give you more grace to continue. But if you're a man or woman, you are not very certain of your call and ministry, but God will begin to bring clarity to you. That like You will know your call, you know your ministry, but you will pursue in that stable in Christ and make great impact for the kingdom of God. Listen to me. We are the young generation that God is raising in this day. Let no man, like Paul said to Timothy, despise your youth. Let no man despise your youth. You have all the strength, you have all the ability, you have all the future right before you. And don't underestimate yourself in any capacity. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. The next five years from now, I see some of you who will go beyond the shores of this nation. Uh, some of you are looking at me. You cannot say in Jesus' name because when you look around you, I don't even have food to eat. He's talking about traveling abroad. If I look back to my story, I don't think I'll be where I am today. Eh? But look at me, 65 nations of the world, still counting. Some nation. I've been to Ghana now. Ghana now is uh, almost 50 times I've been to Ghana. 50, 0 I told you yesterday they think I'm a Ghanaian, I may catch so when people are talking, even when you are talking, I can understand what you're saying. I may not be able to speak, but I understand what you're saying. So Sometimes people are talking, I look at them, I catch what they're saying. Like, Amen. Father, thank you for your word that has gone forth. For Paul said to Timothy, The things which I have spoken to you about, may the Lord give thee understanding. And Lord, this I pray, that everything I have spoken about today, give understanding to your people. But Lord, if I have spoken that which is not of you, I ask that the spirit of forgetfulness will fall upon them. That they will never remember that which I have spoken that is not of you. But Lord, if I have spoken your word and if this is your will, I ask that by your spirit that you will stay up the hearts of the people that this word will become a burning word in their heart and in their spirit. Above all, I pray for everyone that have heard the sound of my voice. Lord, I pray for the purity of their hearts, the renewing of their mind, that they will begin to perceive accurately by your spirit, your vision, your purpose become clear to them. And Lord, above all, I pray and I ask for the formation of Christ in them. Not religion, not theology, not the traditions of men, but Lord Christ and you alone be established in them. And they be established in you to take root in you and to continue in that which you have taught them concerning the faith. Lord, may they not fail. May they not fall short. But Lord, let grace be imparted to them. Let the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation rest upon them. And Lord, as they continue in you, I pray that every need, anything they lack in life and in ministry. Let it be supplied to them in the name of Jesus. That you will make them rich in all things. I declare doors to be open unto you. Let doors be open unto you. Not only in this community or in this, but in this nation and beyond doors be open to you. You will not become just an echo, but you will become a voice in your generation. When that will declare the mind of God with power, with authority, and with glory. May you be a different breed of ministry that God is raising in this day. The ministry of glory that will bear the name of Christ and the gospel of the kingdom of God. Lord, use them. I pray, Lord, use them for your glory and praise. Let your name be glorified as we humble ourselves in you. Not our will, but let your will be done in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Come and give praise unto the Lord. Hallelujah.
0: I hope you've been blessed by this message. For more information, visit our website at www.GloryLifeCity.Church and connect with us on social media at Glory Life City Church. Contact us on 0266-384105 or 054-984-6235.